The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, 32 people at least are due in court this morning following the events that unfolded in Dublin city centre last night. Uh, Garda Commissioner Drew Harris has said there were 34 arrests during the riots, which saw 13 shops significantly damaged, 11 Garda vehicles destroyed, and many people, including Garda, either assaulted or threatened. Uh, I'm joined in studio now by uh, Minister Simon Harris, Minister for Further and Higher Education. Uh, Minister, good morning and welcome. Morning, uh, before we talk to the Minister, we're joined by Richard Chambers, Virgin Media News correspondent, who has been at the uh, commissioners, the Guard the Commissioners press conference. Richard, good morning. Good morning to you, Pat. Now, we heard uh, some clip uh, at the top of the hour from Drew Harris. Um, no failure, he says. Um, the television pictures and the social media pictures would seem to belie that contention. Yeah, that's right, Pat. And there has been already some uh, grievance expressed by some of the Garda unions, the AGSI and the, the GRA, speaking to some of their members this morning, saying that there was a lack of training in trying to ha- head off far-right protests and disturbances, public order issues. Um, and anyone who was in Dublin city centre last night will have seen for um, you know significant periods of time, Garda lose control of the city now. Drew Harris says that this wasn't a failure as such. He doesn't want to say it, that, that it was a failure to lose control of effectively the capital's main street last night. Uh, but he does say that they will be reviewing their responses and how they uh, enforce tactics against uh, public order issue, public order issues like this. And um, they say, he mentioned that from early yesterday, and we witnessed this. Um, anyone, any journalist who was at the cordon of the crime scene on Parnell Square East yesterday will have seen. Crowds build up over the course of the afternoon, uh, shouting abuse at Guardi, and there was a very obvious tension in the air. And then when darkness sort of started to set in, uh, it really did turn. If you followed some of the far-right groupings on Telegram or on other social media, uh, they were already marshalling and organising and getting people towards Dublin city centre. And that's when effectively all hell broke loose on on the main street of the capital. Now, anyone who monitored any of these social media uh, texts and uh, postings will have heard the stuff, you know, get into Dublin, seven o'clock, be there, be armed, be prepared. And if you see any kind of alien, in other words, a foreigner, uh, kill them, was one of the the, uh, postings that I saw. Um, So this stuff was going around and was nobody listening at Garda HQ? Drew Harris says that Gardaí were monitoring things, but he says that there was no way that they could have anticipated what would have happened based from the time of the the stabbing on Parnell Square East. He says there's no way we would have anticipated exactly what would have um, taken place later on in the evening in Dublin city centre. But as you say, Pat, um, myself and another journalist, we left our camera crews behind to have a look and see what was actually happening. I turned around some of the back lanes onto Henry Street. And then just when you're turning right onto O'Connell Street there, was met with the sight of the inferno of a double-deckered bus effectively exploding. It was on, it was on fire, flames pouring out of it, uh, and you know, loud bangs coming from it as you know, guys wearing balaclavas, face because face is covered, effectively cycling around, running around, smashing up the windows of the ASIC store uh, on O'Connell Street. And other people, just ordinary people, uh, running in panic at the bangs were sort of going off, and more fireworks were being set off in their direction. It was complete lawlessness. Now, the, the the question of why those groups, and I mean, there, there was obviously a far-right element, but there was also um, random thuggery going on, uh, people who were opportunistic. I mean, you, you, someone remarked, maybe in uh, a sad witticism, 
they weren't looting Eason's, were they? They weren't looting books. They were looting no. trainers and things like this. This was opportunistic theft and vandalism. No, that, that is something which Guardia are remarking on today, um, that there was a gratuitous thuggery and just a riotous element which then basically exploited um, the far-right element that had effectively started and kick-started this. Um, Drew Harris even making the, the statement this morning that it was particularly sports-type shops uh, that were targeted in the rioting. Witness that myself, seeing uh, Asics, Foot Locker uh, being targeted last night. So um, there were a number of shops on O'Connell Street which did take the precaution as things started to deteriorate over the course of the afternoon uh, to pull the shutters down and effectively close for business. But ordinary workers in Dublin in the retail sector, of course, at a very, very busy time in the lead up to Christmas. Uh, some of them were trapped in Arnott's, for example, for a, for a period of time as looters gained access to the store. Shutters were damaged and there was no really way for them to get out. So again, ordinary Dubliners, ordinary workers, whether they be in transport sector, retail sector, uh, were very much in harm's way. And I must say, you know, based on what I witnessed on O'Connell Street, there wasn't a single Garda at, you know, for a, for a stretch of a period until they were they decided to clear out uh, the rioters on O'Connell Street. So uh, there was a real sense of fear and there was a feeling that anything could go wrong and very, very badly wrong very quickly. Uh, did the Commissioner address why these uh, elements have f- felt free to act with such impunity? Because um, many people believe that the fairly slack policing during the pandemic was at the heart of this. They took over the streets, uh, elements of... of, of uh, youth, I suppose, uh, they decided that they would take advantage of a, a lack of policing and a lack of enforcement. You know, people urinating and uh, defecating in our streets, uh, the so-called takeaway pints and all the rest of it. And nothing was done about it at the time or very little. And it kind of Im- encouraged the kind of behaviour we saw last night in extremists. Yeah, I suppose that's a point of view I think a lot of people will have had and there is a feeling of generally of a lack of safety in, in Dublin city centre and in other main cities, particularly Cork and Galway and Limerick as well, particularly at night time. But I think they're, they're, they're looking at this in two different ways, that the far right radicalisation, as, as Drew Harris has, has put it this morning, um, has really exploited things. And there has been criticism. And I remember even back in May, I asked Drew Harris about, I characterised it in, in a question as, you know, is the, are the Gardaí going to contain the softly or to, to maintain the softly, softly approach um, to far-right demonstrations based on what we saw at Sandwich Street where, you know, tents were, were set ablaze, um, you know, targeting migrants and asylum seekers. And we had a number of other disturbances across the country uh, in which, you know, people targeted libraries, uh, people targeted retail workers again, uh, other places and accommodation centres for asylum seekers. And there was a heavy criticism from some political circles of how Gardaí were managing this, that, you know, there was a feeling that this was a softly, softly approach. And the Gardaí defended that, saying that, you know, you'd be playing into their hands if you tried to confront them directly. They want social media clips. They want social media photos uh, of the Gardaí with battens out uh, taking them on, uh, you know, that it would agitate them. But I think that's going to be something to monitor over the next number of days. The fact yeah. that we did see that, despite the fact there was, um, you know, that this is something that's materialised over the course of a number of hours, uh, that Gardaí did lose control. And, you know, whether or not there would, needs to be an immediate change of tactics, I think is something which is going to be probed of on Gardaí Shikana. Richard, uh, look, thank you very much uh, for uh, giving us that account of what the Gardaí Commission had to say. Uh, I watched your reporting last uh, evening on the late uh, Virgin Media News and uh, uh, it was very telling and uh, you know, you you gave us certainly a a sense of a feeling of a city in fear 
and a city that was gradually being taken back by the Gardaí from from the mob. Richard, thank you very much for joining us. Well, now, Minister Simon Harris is listening to that conversation. He's with me here in studio. I mean, there's a, a terrible irony here. The life of the child, and hopefully she's critically ill, but will make a, a recovery, we hope. The life of that child may have been saved by an immigrant. Absolutely. And and look, I'm really pleased you started with, with the child because whilst we absolutely need to talk about the horrific, despicable thuggery we saw on the streets of this city last night, uh, I think we also cannot forget that yesterday afternoon at one thirty, when literally tens of thousands of parents would have been picking their kids up from schools across the country, three children uh, were stabbed. Uh, one little girl, uh, five, is critically, critically ill and, and indeed her, her, her carer, uh, somebody uh, who works I- I- in her school. And we're thinking, we're thinking of all of them. And I think every parent in Ireland is thinking of the image of the little school bag uh, on the pavement uh, beside, beside that little girl. And you're quite right to say that Kayo Benico, one of the Deliveroo drivers, um, he represents Ireland, he represents Dublin, he represents what we stand for. So too does Siobhan Carney the incredible local woman. So too does the porter in one of our colleges of further education on that street in Parnell Square who rushed out to help the victims. And on a day where we saw the worst scenes in our city, we also did see the best from some people. And they are Ireland, not the people who hijack our tricolour, not the thugs, not the people who loot, not the despicable criminals who now need to face the full rigours of the law today. Yeah. And 32 of them are in court. And, and, we and need to think of those heroes who stepped up yesterday and all of the emergency services. But well when we think of, of Siobhan Carney and mm. others who actually formed a kind of a cordon yes. around the man who allegedly, and we say this for legal reasons, allegedly perpetrated the attack to make sure that he would not be, in turn, um, taken by a mob and something terrible happened to him. So, so, And she said, not in my name, not in yeah. my city's name said, is this going to happen. We're not savages in this city. We're yeah. not savages And in this then, country. lo and behold, the savagery unfolded. And then, lo and behold, what, what, what happened was, and we've been talking about this, for, and I've been highlighting this for quite a while, a small element of people who do try to to, 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 to prey on people's fears started to gather. But then what happened later was much more and much different to that. What happened later was gratuitous thuggery, uh, was opportunism, was people people running around with the tricolour over them, burning out Garda cars, Lewis cars, buses. Um, and this is utterly despicable. It is not our city. And we need to remember in discussing this, the people we need to be thinking about today the five-year-old girl, the five and six-year-old child, the teacher, the people who are traumatised, the people that I've been in touch with in further education centres on Parnell Square who had to witness uh, this yesterday and the people who were locked in. And, and, you know, we've seen images of people in fear in Dublin last night. What we haven't yet seen are the images of people who were locked into buildings for long yeah. periods and afraid um, to leave. The, the, the argument will be that uh, what we have in Dublin, not zero tolerance, but ultimate tolerance. And it starts with everything from aggressive begging, some of it by organised gangs uh, who beg for a living. Um, we've got open heroin uh, use on the streets, uh, literally Below where we're sitting now is, I see regular uh, heroin use. I mean, there has been, it would appear, by the city fathers, by the Gardaí, by by successive governments, this business, you know, we let things be. It is acceptable for our tourists, for example, to be hassled for money on the streets. It's it's acceptable for uh, everyone, be they local or visitor, uh, to observe the stuff on the boardwalk. At uh, the forecourts, people selling drugs on the bridge across the Liffey there. 
that that this softly, softly policing. I'm sorry, it is demonstrable now that it has not worked. Well, there will be no place, just to be very clear, in relation to softly, softly regarding what happened last night. Let me just be absolutely crystal clear on that. 32 people will be before the courts today. The full rigours of the law they will face and they must. Uh, and I'm very conscious in any comments any of us make that so many men and women of Angarda Siakana put themselves in harm way, harm's way last night. So many of them faced horrific attack um, and were really, really set upon by thugs. But I also do think, and it's quite clear, and the Garda Commissioner has said this, I mean, there will need to be a review in relation to this entire situation. There will need to be serious questions asked and considered in relation to what happened in the time frame the Garda Commissioner outlined this morning between 5.30pm and 8.30pm in our the, capital city. weren't the elements of this coming? I mean, we had a major riot last night, the destruction of property and threats to, to life. But when we had the American tourist who was attacked earlier this year uh, and ended up severely injured in hospital, and we've had uh, many accounts of attacks. And then we have um, you, the, the Minister for Justice walking around up and saying it's perfectly safe, surrounded, of course, by a cordon, a phalanx of, of police officers. When ordinary people were, were, were telling those who would listen, Dublin City, the north inner city particularly, is not a safe place to be. And look, I think many steps were taken throughout the summer period to respond to that situation. You'll remember the extra money in, in terms of Garda over time, the 10 million euro for Dublin alone. You'll remember there were a number of high profile arrests in the first half of this year in relation to people who were travelling from community to community across Dublin, um, stoking up fear. But, but there is much more that needs to be done. We've changed the law, for example, only in recent weeks in terms of the sentencing for anybody who assaults a Garda or any other. It can uh, be up to 12 weapon. years now. Yes, and we know that when you have a maximum sentence that's higher, it puts upward pressure on the amount of time that people actually get sentenced to and spend in prison. But, but this, this, what happened last night was at a level we have not seen before in this country. And I think we need to be honest about that. Yeah, but, I mean, but we, do we you have... prepare? That, that's the whole thing, that, OK, we, we think the unthinkable, the appalling vista, we prepare for that, although we don't expect it'll ever happen. Well, it did happen last night. And, you know, this may encourage even more impunity on, on the part of these elements. I mean, where were the water cannon last night? Do we even have water cannon? Because that's a non-lethal way of actually controlling mobs. I think there are, and I'm very clear on this, I mean, I think there will be serious questions that will need to be considered in relation to how the situation escalated for the period of time that it did in the days ahead. But I also think we have to, to be balanced here, we have to acknowledge that the Garda response in terms of the sheer amount of Gardaí who were deployed to Dublin, uh, the pace at which Gardaí arrived on the scene after those brutal stabbing of innocent little children in Parnell Square was very fast. The emergency services, be the Dublin Fire Brigade, the ambulance service, the Gardaí, in the face of really horrific efforts to push them back and keep them out of this city, uh, responded very, very quickly. But but I'm not here today suggesting that there isn't a need to look back and go, how did we get to this point um, in terms of intelligence gathering the likes. But the Commissioner's view this morning seems to very clearly be that this situation evolved extraordinarily quickly last night. They were responding in real time and at a scale that we hadn't seen before. And there were 34 people arrested. There will be 32 people um, in court today. The full rigours of the law will be faced by these people. This city will not be lawless. Uh, we will not tolerate it. And as I've said, the thugs with the tricolours, burning out vehicles, mm. looting, the opportunism. They are not Ireland. They are not Dublin. Okay. Um, just in terms of the policing, uh, this texter says, I was at a Bel 
Belvedere College at a musical last night. Four Garda vans unloaded young guards to go to the riots. They put on jackets just like our jackets, no big strong gear, which made them look in charge. They were absolutely terrified even before they went into the riots on the street next to us. Where were the Garda water cannon? Where were the horses? I was so sorry for these young guards. Their families must have been petrified too, looking like lambs being sent to the slaughter. Another one. Can we please stop referring to this destruction as a far-right incident? While there were elements sharing misinformation to fuel the aggression, this was in no way an organised project. This was mostly our own people, an uneducated, disrespectful cohort who damaged their own city. The majority were not political. It was pure violence and mayhem, and we're lucky today that the Garda did not experience worse in worse injury in the force, the taxpayer will have to contribute to the cost of the clean-up. There was no consideration for the injured children in Temple Street or babies in the Rotunda who had to experience all of this. There was certainly no thought for the traumatised families and children affected and hurt by the stabbing incident that was used as an excuse that was demoted to a lower headline. This country was humiliated on an international stage by this disgusting activity by a cohort of Irish people. Pure mayhem. Uh, there's going to be more uh, arrest due to high quality TV. But a Garda saying thousands of hours of TV to be looked at means thousands of Garda hours who should be on the beat policing things, keeping us safe. Instead, they'll be staring at screens. Well, look, and they'll be doing their job in a very active investigation and trying to make sure that every shred of evidence that can be gathered and indeed the hampering of evidence in Parnell Square by these thugs yesterday is something that has had an impact that will have to be addressed. I must say that last text you've read out is exactly correct. It is. This is not about just the far right. There clearly was a far right element protesting and trying to stoke up uh, anti-immigrant sentiment. But we saw a lot more than that last night. We also saw absolute gratuitous criminality. But there was there was the armed response unit. There was the public order unit. There were riot squads, and we did see those pictures on our streets as well last night. But la- today, today is a very dark day for this city and country. Um, the scenes that we saw in Dublin last night are not scenes we expected to ever see in our capital city. But and the Garda uh, Armed Response Unit, I mean, they weren't going to use lethal force uh, bullets and so on, even though they are armed. Do they have rubber bullets? Non-lethal, uh, they don't. No, but the Gar- the, Gar- the Gardaí follow a protocol in relation to the units that they deploy in certain scenarios. But we certainly saw, and, and I saw very brave men and women of Garda Giacona charging at, at a mob last night, uh, putting themselves in harm's way to try and take back our city and keep people safe. They should be commended for that. There will, of course, need to be a review in relation to operational management. That's That would be standard after such a horrific situation. But that will never take away from the huge courage shown, as your texture suggested by the men and women yesterday. Um, if you'll just uh, pause with, and put on the headphones, Minister, the Lord Mayor of Dublin, Dahid Roshta, is on the line. Uh, Lord Mayor, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, this is a shocking thing to preside over as a Lord Mayor, even though you don't really have any powers to do much about it. Devastating, Pat. Really, as, as Minister just said there, a very, very dark day for Dublin. Um, like, at a time when we should be talking about the even maiming that occurred of innocent kids and their carer on, on our city streets, an act that sent shockwaves to the fabric of our city, we're talking about clean-up operations. We're talking about mindless tugs attacking the city. We're talking about Dublin being on fire last night. And and there's just something very, very wrong with it. Like, within the past 24 hours, I think, we've seen the very worst of Dublin. And in many aspects, we've seen the very best of Dublin. We've seen the worst of Dublin in terms of, look, I don't need to describe what, what's been on, but the best of it from our frontline emergency service workers, from a Dublin City Council perspective, the guys that have been out since 3am this morning as they left their families and their homes to come in and try and clean up our city and get it back and get it functioning once more. Um, 
like as I said and I've said repeatedly like we look at our emergency service workers the same Gardaí that arrested somebody in the immediate aftermath of that horrific attack were the ones that were attacked last night the firefighters and the ambulance personnel that were on scene within minutes and were providing life-saving care were the ones that were smashed up last night in terms of fire engines and there's just yeah. something really, really horrible about it. Yeah, there was some something really disturbing when we uh, saw, as we followed the events unfolding, no ambulances available. If you've got a problem, go to your GP. I mean, that's a shocking situation uh, where no ambulances can be provided. Or perhaps something else that was really sickening for me was to see the rotundas kind of say to people, please stay away from this hospital. So you could have had people that, that were pregnant and were going into labour and they've worked for months with their consultants and their teams in terms of managing the delivery of their newborn baby. And all of a sudden, it put a lot of worry on people last night because they weren't able to go and to be able to do that as well. And there was just something horrible about that as well. And look, You've, it's really, you've really got really a, a job, um, Lord Mayor, to rehabilitate the image of this city um, globally after what happened last night. This news went around the world. It went around the world, but also locally. You know, there's communities right across this city now that are looking on at Dublin, and they're worried. We've got traders setting up for Christmas markets, and they're worrying what's going to happen. I was speaking just to flower sellers on O'Connell Street this morning, and they're kind of saying, is there going to be more protests today? What's going to happen? Um, So, yeah, aside from whatever global reputation we have, yeah, this is... It's been a very, very dark day for Dublin in terms of the scenes, the horrific, horrific scenes that we witnessed last night. And it's just not good enough. You know, poor frontline emergency workers attacked, like to see Gardaí on O'Connell Bridge on their own, attacked by mobs, to see the public order unit attacked by mobs. It, it just, it, it was chilling. Yeah. All right, Lord Mayor, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, that's Dahi the Roshta, uh, Lord Mayor of Dublin. Uh, the Minister, Simon Harris, uh, again, uh, listening to that. The rehabilitation of Dublin, uh, I know these things are flashed in the pan. You see protests in Paris, protests in Berlin. Uh, maybe you don't get the granular detail uh, on our news bulletins of what's happening in their, in those cities. Uh, but it is damaging. Of course, when those scenes go uh, go out across across the world, and we have, as you say, seen this in other cities. But I think the points that Frontline Guardi and their representative bodies have been making and that we're listening to and acting on become all the more important now. And when I was filling in for Minister McEntee, we would have heard from the Guardi representative bodies in relation to the need to review the Public Order Act. And really, I think that comes very much back to some of the points you've been making. We need to see if the legislation today and the tools that the Gardaí have and the equipment that they have is fit for the challenges that they now face in the 21st century. Mm. That's something that Garda representative bodies have been asking. That's something we have agreed to. Putting body cameras on our Gardaí, something that we've done, something that uh, I was involved in, something that Minister McEntee has legislated for, that others tried to oppose. Others tried to oppose thinking that, you know, civil liberties outweighs the right of a Garda to be safe in scenarios like we saw last night. All of these things become the more important now that we actually equip our Gardaí and that we make sure that they never again find themselves in a scenario where a mob can try and take control of parts of this city for a number Mm -hmm. of hours. All right, uh, Minister, you came in here to give the good news. That was the original idea when uh, we agreed uh, to talk to you on this Friday morning, uh, which is a, a thousand euro back for those who've already paid the three grand. Um, that's yeah. a given. It's, Look, it's good I'm, news. It's a, the only good news, maybe. Yeah, today. no. To be honest, I, thank you. Uh, to be honest, I, I've, 
I'd be ever very happy to come in and talk about a reduction in college fees any day of the week and very proud we're doing it. But on a day where a, a five-year-old little girl is critically ill in hospital, um, it becomes, our thoughts are it's, it's a minor, so uh, minor we, point. And we think of her and her family. Um, Minister Simon Harris, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.